What's it like to give up a career in real estate to become a doctor? How do you balance being a mom and going to medical school? How does work experience with a diverse client base help you on interview day? And finally, what is the benefit of going into family medicine? Today on Talking to Missions and Med Student Life, I interview Jessica, third-year medical student here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Well, welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. I've got a fantastic guest today, Jessica. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Almost fourth year student? Yes, almost fourth year. Oh, so I, I still remember when you started. So it's, <laughs> the time goes by very quickly. For me too, yeah. All right, so let's start in the beginning. I love okay. the story. I love the journey. How did you start, how did you make a decision to become a doctor? Um, so I didn't really think about medical school until I was like mid twenties, but at that time, and I had asked myself, what would you do if you could do anything? And I knew I'd want to go to med school, but I was a single mom at the time. I had three little kiddos and it just was not on the table. Um, so I tried to find something else to do, a way to support my kids. And I ended up going into real estate, which was a really great career for me as a single mom, mm -hmm. like really good financially. I had lots of time off. So like an agent, like yes. showing off houses, mm -hmm. selling yep. houses, helping selling people buy houses. houses. Yeah, helping okay. people buy houses. And it was good. It was really good for that Were you time a good real estate agent? Or do they, like, what do they call them? Realtor? What's the Realtor. Realtor. Yeah, not realtor, but realtor. <laughs> Were you good? I think so. I mean, I, I did well. I mm -hmm. did okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My clients liked me, so okay. I guess that's You can good. close the deal. I could close the deal. Yeah. Yep. What, what was your geographic area like? Um, really, all of my business was referral-based, so mm. I went all over the place. Okay. I was like Santa Quinn to North Ogden and, wow. yeah, lots of driving. But still in the back of your head, medicine. Always, yeah. Okay. Always always that I wanted to, but I didn't think I would get the opportunity. Um, but I got remarried, um, married a really great guy, and he started working from home. Um, and I just had that kind of nagging voice in the back of my head, like, you should be doing something different. Um, and we got to the point where that was a possibility. Financially, like, I figured out, you know, we could pull it off. I'm kind of a planner. So mm -hmm. I started looking at things and thought, you know, I think we could do this. So how, how old were you when you started having these thoughts? Oh, and okay, I'm really bad. If you ask me how old I was today, I would have to think about it. I mm -hmm. think I was, let's see, I'm 44 now. Mm -hmm. So I was like 38, okay. I think, when right. I went back. Um, I had not finished my undergrad degree at that time. I got married really young and mm. dropped out of school. So I still had a lot of work to do, even to get to the point of applying. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and there was a question of, should we do this? Like, we're stable financially. I had a pretty easy job. Um, life was not bad. But um, I, so I had to ask myself some serious questions. Mm. And one of them was, okay, if you get to the end of your life and this is what you did. If you stayed in real estate and did this, would you feel like you had done enough? And the answer for me was no. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I had to make a change. So I know our medical school, all medical schools, we have all these requirements, right? And you kind of alluded to the classes and the tests, which is a part of it. But then there's all this other stuff like yeah. shadowing doctors and mm -hmm. research and community service. Like, how did you find that balance before you came to med school? 
Yeah. How'd you do that? That was tough because your pre-med years are pretty busy. Like you have a lot to fit in, a lot of volunteering. Um, you need some clinical work, some patient care experience, leadership experiences, um, and you have to do all your prerequisites and do well. Mm -hmm. So it was it was hard. Um, and my husband, Cody, and I had some serious talks about, okay, if we're going to do this, it's going to be hard for both of us. Like he has definitely grown through this process as much as I have. Um, because he's had to take on a lot of roles that, that I filled before. He cooks. He's a fantastic cook. Mm -hmm. um, he does the laundry. He does the homework. Like, he's really picked up all the pieces that I can't do so that I have time to spend with our family. And in the pre-med years, that was that was the case, too. Mm -hmm. Like, he picked up and did stuff so that I could spend more time volunteering, doing the things I needed to do, mm -hmm. and be able to go to school and finish my degree. So it sounds like there's a, a certain amount of sacrifice involved. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, you know... Like, did you miss certain events in your kids' lives? and Or was um, you able to kind of find, you know, cause, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, like, right. the birthdays, and then there's, like, right. you know, the alone time with mom. and I know. never missed, uh, like, a birthday or anything really important. Like, mm -hmm. never missed a school program. Luckily, things have kind of just fallen into place that way. Mm -hmm. um, but I have missed, like, I used to be able to go on all the field trips. Yeah. And I haven't been able to go on all the field trips. Like, I might hit, you know, one or two a year. Um so there are things you don't get to do, um, and, and that's tough, but it's a sacrifice that I feel like has been worth it. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, so you, you're getting everything in order, and you start applying to schools. Mm -hmm. Since you live, well, And where are you living at this time when you start applying? We live in South Jordan. That's where we lived during undergrad and all my pre-med years as well. So did you only target our school, or did, or, yeah. or did you kind of <laughs> cast a wide net? I mean, what was your strategy going into this? Right. So that was a little scary. Um, at the time um, of application, my I still had, like, a bunch of kids in high school and junior high, and um, I have two stepkids that live with us part-time, so mm -hmm. there was no way that I could we could just take off and move across the country. Like that wasn't a sacrifice that we could make. Um, so we only applied to the U. Mm. Um, and that was really frightening because the advice is you apply to like 30 schools, you apply really broadly, you know, and you might not get in your first year. You might still have to apply two or three times. So I just went into it with the mindset of, okay, like I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and if that's the case, I'm just going to put everything into it that I can, mm -hmm. and I'm going to have faith that it's going to work out. And if we need to apply two or three times, that's what we'll do. Okay. You know, something that people often ask me, I'm, I'm just going to label you a non-traditional student. Yes, I hope I you're okay with that. Because okay. <laughs> um, I get asked a fair amount about this, and I, anecdotally, I haven't done any research projects about this, but anecdotally, I feel that non-traditional students tend to interview better. Because I feel like they have more life experience to draw upon. They've been through more situations. And perhaps, you know, they, it's easier for them to communicate their thoughts and ideas. What, that, was that your experience on interview day? Did you feel like this was a tactical advantage or no? That was like Yeah, that's a good question. Like, I'm not sure if I can answer that well because I don't have Well, obviously any you got in. You got in. Not, so, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I never interviewed as, like, a young student. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely think, like, there were points where I could connect with my interviewers because we had common ground. Like, we had kids, you mm -hmm. know, and... Um, could talk about some of my life experiences that are maybe a little bit different. I think being a non-traditional student sets you apart because mm -hmm. you do have stories, you mm -hmm. have stuff you've been through, you have 
hard experiences. Yeah. Not that you wouldn't as a younger kid, but I think you have more time to draw on. So, like, you know, you're interviewing for med school. Is that too different than, like, uh, an angry client when you're, you know, like, right. you know it's like, like you're used to going into situations, but then maybe, like, I'm just thinking out loud, like, and then, like, maybe in medicine you're used to kind of navigating, like, patient concerns, balance right. with client concerns. I don't know. You, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I would argue you have like a certain skill set that you've really developed over time. My interview day, my interviewers were definitely not like angry clients. They okay. were very nice to okay. me, but in like in the real world, working with different personalities, mm-hmm. um, whether that be patients or attendings or whoever, I think I do think that working out in um, in the world for so many years and doing real estate has helped me a lot mm-hmm. because you understand that Everybody doesn't communicate the same way that you do. Mm-hmm. Like people need to receive information in different ways, and you can kind of figure that out when you're talking to somebody. And that you understand, I think, two maybe complicated emotions. Like that, it doesn't always have to do with you. You don't take everything personally as much, and are able to kind of give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, that's definitely experience that I gained along <laughs> the way. So yeah, I think that's helped me a lot. Yeah. I remember when I called you. I think you were. Very emotional, but also shocked at I the same time. I was very shocked. Okay. I don't think I started crying until I hung up the phone. Okay. But at that point, like, I hung up the phone and I started sobbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was very shocked that I got in the first time um, and so happy. Very, very happy. Because it's been the culmination of, sounds like, years and right. years of hard work and sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did it feel more real at that moment? I mean, did, um, the, did the conversations start becoming a lot more serious with your husband and what we, this meant for the family? He was, he's so great. Um, he believes in me even more than I believe in myself. And mm. he just always said, I know you're going to get in. Like, from the moment that I told him, I want to try to do this, are you okay with that? Um I said, I probably won't get in, especially not the first time, but, like, I want to try. And he was like, no, if we do this, you're going to get in. Um, So he was very prepared for it. Like, Mm. when he said, yes, you should try to do this, he was like, okay, we're doing it. It's going to happen. So when I told him he was not shocked, I was shocked that I got in. He said, I knew you were going to get in. Like, and we were ready. Mm. I think at that point, like, we had planned enough that we financially and from a family standpoint were ready to do it. And any doubts start creeping in, like no. oh, like this. Oh, I, I don't know if I'm ready. Imposter um, syndrome. The committee yes. made a mistake. Yeah, yeah. I never had. There were a lot of Jessica's about. applying that year. <laughs> right. Maybe maybe my name yeah. got mixed up in some of some of those. Yeah, I never had doubts about if I wanted to do it or mm-hmm. if I felt like it was the right thing to do. Um, but you definitely, I think all of us experience imposter syndrome, no matter how old you are or where you mm-hmm. came from. Um, because the people that you were going to school with are so amazing in their own rights, like so talented and so smart. And we're all different and have different strengths and abilities. But I think you come into school feeling like everybody must know more than you do. Mm. Um, and that's a little scary because you want to come off as being competent. Um, but I think it's important to reach that balance point where you're like, I'm learning and it's okay for me to be humble and acknowledge that I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And so is everyone else. So how was that jump from pre-med to med? Yeah. Well, how was the first couple weeks? How was that first semester? The first year kicked my butt. Um, I'll be honest. It was hard. And not just because it was med school. Mm -hmm. Like going from, I had a pretty cushy life before, even Mm -hmm. during my pre-med years. School wasn't hard and Mm -hmm. 
Um, studying for me wasn't hard. We went on a lot of vacations. We had a lot of free time. And all of a sudden you don't. You don't have any free time. You have to find a new way to study because it's a lot of information. But we also had like a lot of family tragedies that year. Mm. We, My husband lost his mom the first week of school and we'd lost some other family members. It was really tough. Um, and so first year for me was difficult. Um, it was a big adjustment. And I think that... I don't know that I could have been better prepared for it. You like you just I just had to get through it. We just had to find a way yeah. to get through it. I mean there's an image of what med school is like. And then you know, there's kind of this like, like oh people just like studying all the time. I'm like, well yeah, I think there's that, but um, but then when you're actually into med school, then you realize like, oh, there's all this stuff. There's right. all this you know, all these different learning methods and all this material and mm-hmm. uh, clinical skills lab and like small group I mean it just it's just to me it's like it's beautiful, but it's also overwhelming at times. Because I just sit back and look at it and go, like, med school it looks different than it did 20 years ago when I went through. And, yeah. you know, people, like, your med school experience today is going to look very different today than 20 years from now. So, um, yeah. So it sounds like, it, in your words, it kicked your butt. It did. Yeah. yeah. yeah and did you, did you realize it was kicking your butt or was this? A, yes. <laughs> Yes, I did. I knew it was hard, but I thought maybe this is what everybody's going through. Like, mm-hmm. um, but again, like we, my husband who had taken on like the lion's share of responsibilities in our houses was grieving like the loss of his mom and dad mm-hmm. in the recent past and, and a brother. It was, so it was hard for us on many fronts. Um, and I think once we got through that first year, like, and I found, I figured out how I needed to study to mm-hmm. be more efficient. And like, we realized, okay, we're going to get through this. Um, like these emotional things that we were going through, like second year was easy for me. Okay. It was so easy. And I know that wasn't the case for some of my classmates. They said second year was much harder. So let's just focus on second year. Mm-hmm. What was a typical day like for you? I mean, yeah. what time would you wake up? I mean, I'm just curious right. about the, like the process, the logistics mm-hmm. of trying to balance family and this awesome responsibility of med school right. and awesome responsibility of family too. Not to yeah. minimize that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So second year um, was nice. We have the luxury at our school of watching some of our lectures from home. Mm -hmm. Everything's uploaded. Um, You can watch them online. Um, And then we have to be here on campus, like certain times during the week for labs and groups and things of that nature. Um, So when I could, I would watch lecture from home. Mm. Um, So I'd get up in the morning. I'd watch the lectures from the afternoon before. What time are you getting up? Um, I would usually get up like around seven, around the time okay. my kiddo got to school. I mean, not Good. super early. Right. Yeah, I was getting plenty of sleep okay. second year. Right. <laughs> um, and I'd watch lectures. I'd do flashcards, kind of study for whatever we had coming up. Come to campus if I needed to for groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and then spend time with my family. So second year was pretty nice. Okay. It wasn't bad. Okay. So get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. Weekends. Yep. yep. Study Absolutely. on the weekends a little bit, but uh-huh. also family time. Was there like a support group or was there some sort of network of the non-traditional students? Did you guys kind of band together? Not really. I mean, there might be. I'm really really bad at doing the group things. There are lots of opportunities to be involved in like extracurricular groups at school. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I have kind of said no to um, by and large because that means I'm an hour away from school where I live. And so if I'm coming up for an extra group or something, that means more time away from my family, Mm -hmm. which... um, I'm pretty protective of. And I think as a mom or wife that you have to be, mm-hmm. um, 
be able to say no to everything that is not like school or family. And that's the way that I've found balance. I used to say yes to everything. I wanted to help everyone and make a Mm -hmm. dinner and go do this and that. And I had to learn to say no. The things I have time for right now are school and my family. And if it's not one of those two things, then it might not happen. Mm -hmm. So I know I get the sense your family's very supportive. Yes. I'm curious, though, like, as you've progressed in your medical education, have you encountered individuals either in your neighborhood or former coworkers or maybe some distant family members mm-hmm. who weren't as supportive? Or they would say comments like, oh, like, why are you going back to med school at your age? Yeah. Or you <laughs> took the spot of someone who's younger than you. Right. I, I, like, like, would you encounter that? And if so, what would you yeah. say? What would, did you? Um, I haven't had anybody really malignant comment on me going back to med school. For the most part, everybody's been really supportive. Um, and said, gosh, I wish I would have done that or that okay. I could do something like that. Um, and obviously my family's been very supportive mm-hmm. of me going back and really like tried to rearrange schedules and make it possible for me to still do all the family things. Um, but I have run into a lot of people, some people who were like, why would you do that? Your life was so easy before. And it was. <laughs> <laughs> because oh. they knew that I had a good... my. Mm-hmm. career was great financially and they could see that and they were like why would you give that up and go back to school you know but you when you have that nagging and you know that mm-hmm. maybe you should be doing something else I yeah. think that's when you make that choice but I have had a lot of people um, repeatedly um, ask me how nursing school is going <laughs> and oh. I, I is, that, is that are, are those patients or um, some distant yeah. family members oh okay okay yeah. distant family members okay yeah. I have the utmost respect for nurses because they work so hard and like Mm -hmm. we couldn't, especially students, like they help us so much. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm not going to nursing school. Mm -hmm. I'm going to medical school. And I think it's too bad that there's like a kind of a stigma there that if you're older and going back to school, you must be going back to school to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's probably, but really everybody's been great. Good. Um, All right. So third year. I assume you're still living in South Jordan. I do. How did you balance? Because third year is a much different animal yes. when it comes to schedule it is. compared to first and second year. So how would you do? I mean, what's your secret? How would you pull that off, yeah. especially with everything else that's going on? Right. Yeah. Um, so my husband has some friends who are doctors, and he likes to gather information. He talks to all of them, and they all told him you're never going to see your wife during third year. Good luck with that. (laughs) So he was really depressed, kind of like, oh, we're never going to see each other leading into third year. Um, We just said, we'll make the best of it. You know, we'll carve out time where Mm -hmm. we can. It's going to be okay. It's a year. We'll Mm -hmm. get through it. Um, And so we've both been pleasantly surprised that it has not been as bad as I think we anticipated. Um, I do live far away, which means that on 5 o'clock start days, I have to leave my house pretty early. So I'm getting up at like 3.30 in the morning. Mm. Um, So I have to go to bed early. Not a lot of traffic at that time, right? Not (laughs) a lot of traffic. It's beautiful on the freeway at 3.30 in the morning. Um, But it's been been all right. Like we just find time where we can. We Mm. make sure that we are protective of like our weekend time and we don't do a lot of extra stuff. But um, I've loved it. I have loved third year. Um, Why? I love the patient interactions. I love the learning. Like learning actually um, in the hospital or in the clinic is so cool, so much better. Mm. And I've had really amazing um, attendings and residents that I've worked with. I've had great experiences in all my rotations. 
So for me, it's been it's been a great year. That's what medicine almost uh, it truly is, right? So like the first two years, you learn about medicine, mm-hmm. and there is some clinical interaction. I get right. that, but yeah, third year is really where it bears fruit if it comes to fruition, where you're using all that knowledge, and then you're rounding on patients, seeing patients, being in the OR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's returning pages, exactly, running around, yeah, yeah, running around the hospital, <laughs> doing all the stuff. Yeah, so that's great. So what? So you're near the end of your third year. Mm-hmm. So what's been your favorite rotation so far? Oh, gosh, that's a bad question. Um, I suffered from um, the ailment of loving every rotation that mm-hmm. I did, everything. Um, and some things I weeded out just because of, like, because of my age, because of where we're at in life. Like, I didn't want to spend a really long time mm-hmm. in residency. Um, but I feel like I could have picked anything and loved it. Um, Oh, gosh, that's hard. I would say probably psych and family med were my two favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost picked psychiatry, but I missed the medicine part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I really missed kind of the looking at labs and checking this out. And um, So I pick, I, I'm picking family med okay. because you can do a little bit of everything, and I love that. Where did you do your family medicine rotation? I did my family medicine rotation out at the Daybreak Clinic with okay. David Owen. He was amazing. Um, it was a great experience, and I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and for people who don't know, describe what family medicine is and why it resonated with you. Right. Because you mentioned like there's a little bit more medicine attached to it than psychiatry. Yeah. Yeah. So family medicine... Um, if you're going to work in a big city, you're probably going to be, like, in clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in a smaller town, you can work as a hospitalist, too, or work in an emergency room. There's a lot of diversity in family medicine, um, so you can kind of choose what you want to do. But in family medicine, you're going to be somebody's primary care physician. So they're going to come to you for their checkups. It doesn't matter if they're a baby or a kid or an adult. You can treat patients of all ages. Um, and the thing that I love about it the most, probably, is that you have these long-term relationships that you get to build with your patients. And you get to worry not just about one part of what's going on with them medically, but you get to worry about all of them. So you can focus on preventative health. You can focus on their mental health. You can mm. focus on their physical health. All things that kind of play upon each other. And you can address all of them mm. instead of just trying to fix one thing without being able to look at the others. And I really love that. That's awesome. And so, and then... Um, is it like, was it like a big, I mean, was it like a single moment that you came to this decision or is there a series of events or, I mean, like, I mean, it sounds like, it sounds like you came like recently, you kind of made up Um, your mind. When I came to back to school, um, my pre-med advisor said, well, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And at the time I was like, well, maybe like hemonc or maybe neurology or maybe family med. Like I came in with kind of those three things on mm-hmm. my radar. Um, so really family med was kind of always the thing, but it was a matter of trying to keep an open mind to see if there was something else that stuck out and said, no, choose me, mm-hmm. choose me first. Um, and nothing ever Nothing ever convinced me that I shouldn't do family medicine. Okay. Yeah. When I did internal med in the hospital, which I also loved, Mm. um, I wanted to know everything about my patients. And I wanted, like, we had patients who weren't getting well because they had psych issues. Mm -hmm. So we were going to send them home, and they were going to be back in a couple of weeks because they weren't taking care of themselves. And that was incredibly frustrating to me that Mm. um, working in the hospital, my job was just to kind of stabilize them and send them home. And then I couldn't address these other things that were really important. And in family medicine, you get an opportunity to do that. So what's your strategy for fourth year? Yeah. So how, 
you know, someone that's going into family medicine, how do you craft or create a fourth year schedule? Right. Um, we're really lucky here in Utah because we have four family medicine residency programs, which mm. is amazing. So I'm going to have an opportunity to spend time at a few of them okay. um, to kind of check out the programs, get to know kind of the flow of things. So an away rotation. Differently. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I'll do some away rotations at the different hospitals. Um, I'm also going to do um, like a sports med um, rotation because sports med is a uh, part of family med. You can do sports med fellowship mm -hmm. off of your family med residency. Um, I'm going to do uh, like some continuity clinic, which is just volunteering in different clinics. Try to learn some Spanish, which mm. is very important. And if you have an opportunity to learn Spanish and you're thinking of going to medical school, you should do that mm -hmm. <laughs> because you'll use it. A lot. A yeah. lot. Yeah. And then there's different rotations that we have to take. Um, just as a function of like being a fourth year student, we do a stint in the ICU, we do some internal medicine, mm -hmm. things like that. So it sounds like you want to stay in Utah. I would love to stay in Utah. Okay. Our whole family's here. Yep. We have a house full of stuff that my husband would rather not pack up and move across the country. <laughs> Is this his baseball card collection or other? Yeah, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's mostly my stuff. Oh, okay, your stuff. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I was about to say. He's like, kind of a minimalist. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Uh, and then, you know, looking back, Jessica, what advice would you give uh, to someone who, you know, maybe kind of like in your shoes, thought about med school, but life has happened and they're maybe a little bit older than the traditional applicant? What, what advice would you give to someone out there? Um, I would say if, if you are married or if you have a partner, um, make sure that that's a discussion that you have together. Know that, like, this might be your dream, but it's going to really heavily involve both of you mm -hmm. and change both of your lives. So you both need to be on the same page and, and agree that that's something that you're willing to sacrifice for. Um, I think it's a good idea to keep in mind that like both of you are going to grow. It's not just you that's going to be putting in hard work, but your partner or spouse is going to be picking up a lot of your slack. And mm -hmm. so they have to be, they have to be okay with that and be supportive of it. Um, and financially, I think there are a lot of considerations because you may already have a house or kids to take care of and financial obligations. Mm -hmm. um, so you really need to plan that out and know your numbers. You need to know how much it's going to cost to go to school, how much it's going to cost you to live during those years that you're in school, and make sure that you plan for that, that you can live off of what you're able to borrow or that you save enough or you know restructure your life in a way such that you can get by. Mm -hmm. in the meantime because that's a big deal when you have obligations to people it sounds like it was your dream but then would you say it became your partner or spouse's or your family's dream too or is that is that is that bridge right. too far yeah. um i would say cody and i are very much in this together mm -hmm. he has been so like wonderfully supportive through all of this and so proud um but definitely, like, he would rather be golfing some days than doing the laundry because I'm not home. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know that it's his dream. <laughs> but, <laughs> Cody, but if I, you're listening, yeah. <laughs> call in. Let us know what your dream is. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I can say that he's been, like, I couldn't have asked for a better yeah. support system through this from him. I think it's interesting because I think, you know, relationships are complex. They're hard. Um, they evolve, um, you know, as time moves forward, people change. Um, but you, then you throw in this med school, right. you know, and um, how much time sacrifice it requires, both in preparation to apply to and then studying to become a doctor. And I think it's great, 
you know, especially if you have a partner, it can be so beautiful as you kind of experience that together. It gives you a lot to talk about. I'm sure you talk a lot about med school. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, I also feel like it can create, you know, it could be stressful, like anything you do in life. Mm-hmm. You know, if one partner is doing something that's stressful, does that stress start to bleed into the other partner's right. life? So yeah. he, there are a few times when I know that he's felt this pressure to um, – not tell me that he's stressed mm-hmm. or not tell me that he's missing me mm-hmm. because he doesn't want me to feel stress on my end. And so we had to have some talks like, you have to talk to me. Like if you feel like you need more time this week or if you're feeling stressed and feeling like you have a lot to do, you have to tell me. I think that that open communication is so important. Mm-hmm. And to know that like maybe you can't fix it in that moment. Like he might be feeling like we didn't spend enough time together that week because it was an exam week. Mm-hmm. And he can tell me. That doesn't mean I can spend four hours with him that night. But he can tell me and we can say, okay, let's go do something this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but having being able to be open with your frustrations and emotions and not take it personally from each other I think is really important. Do you feel Cody and the family is ready for residency or is that? He is scared about my intern year. He's heard like third year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's heard horror stories about intern year. <laughs> but, but I think. <laughs> the last horror yeah, story. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. The last horror yeah. story. Intern year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that like we have, we've gained some confidence in ourselves as a team to mm-hmm. know that like we can get through bad weeks or rotations or whatever. Um, and and still feel good about what's going on and have enough time for each other. So it'll be busy. Intern year will be busy, I'm sure, but Mm -hmm. I think we're ready. Well, Jessica, I think I I just, my hat's off to you because I know you've done a lot, you've overcome a lot, you've fought a lot, and you're coming out on top. And I'm so glad you're here at our medical school and excited that you'll be graduating in a little over a year, which is just, I don't know, again, I watch all of you I see all of you. I remember your, you know, white coat, and then it just like it goes by so quickly, and then all of a sudden your your guys are graduating. So yeah. it's just amazing to me. Kind of so, mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Well, thank you for coming on. We'll have to have you come back, especially as you go through the the match, Last the interview week. match process. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, again, I tell everyone like, ah, you know, med, applying to med school is really hard, but like, it just prepares you to apply to residency. Right. <laughs> like, like you get to do it all over again. Yeah. yeah four years later, it's like, oh, it never goes away. So That's the truth. it's like this this, this pattern we're in. It's, it's how our middle medical education set up. So, well, thanks, Jessica. Yeah. Thanks, Dr. Chan. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.